Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time it is that you're joining me for episode number 110 of the Penboy Roy Pentertainment Podcast, where co-owner and founder of Narwhal Pens, our good friend Frank Zong, Zong, joins us to talk about how the company started, the struggles encountered, and the fresh perspectives that two 20-something-year-olds bring to the pen industry. We also discussed this past weekend's LA Pen Show and the troubling issues plaguing pen show vendors. As promised, the winner of the Narwhal, Nautilus, Bronze, Corridora, Ebonite, Piston Filler, Fountain Pen is announced during this episode. Listen to see if you are the winner from last week's giveaway based on the email where I request you to give me an answer as to why the Xbox Series S is a next-gen console. Email us at pentertainmentpodcast at gmail.com if you'd like to ask any questions or have your email read on the next episode of the podcast. Sponsorship time. Please make sure you check out Goldspot Pens at goldspot.com and be sure to use coupon code ROY to get an additional discount on all products on the Goldspot Pens website. Some exclusions do apply. Now, what do our friends from luxury brands of America have in store for us? The new Tomoe River Nebula Note Extra Large and Large Pads are coming soon to luxury brands of America and all supporting retailers, including Goldspot Pens. These top-bound notebooks are perfect for sketching or for those who want to put premium fountain pen-friendly paper in leather pad holders. The Tomoe River Nebula Notepad is ready for your wettest, broadest, nibs that sounds really cool of course don't forget about the t-shirts that you can purchase at inkjournal.com the penboy roy fountain pen review channel t-shirts and of course our newest sponsor my good friend neil owns the coffee company brlcoffeeco.com brlcoffeeco.com and also like goldspot.com please be sure to use coupon code roy at checkout for an additional discount on all products on the brlcoffeeco.com website everything on that website is eligible for an extra discount using coupon code roy they got some really good coffee my wife likes the chanel flavor i like the kiss of life flavor i Think that they're fantastic, but you can sample different ones. So please buy coffee at brlcoffeeco.com. BRL stands for beans, rhymes, and life. I, I was thinking it was rhythm, but it's actually rhymes. Beans, rhymes, and life. It's really nice because, you know, he likes coffee. He's a lover of music, and he loves life. So it just works out. Anyway, had had dinner last night with... The founder and owner of the coffee company, really cool cat, really funny. We, He and I really do jive. We have similar personalities and obsessive anal retentiveness when it comes to quality, and he loves good quality control when it comes to his coffee. So make sure you buy coffee at brlcoffeeco.com. Use coupon code ROY. Anyway, we had a great episode of the podcast with Frank on, and I'm excited for you guys to listen to it, and I really do want you guys to stick around to the end, especially if you sent me an email with regard to the Narwhal Pen giveaway and find out if you're the winner. So before I get started with this week's episode of the podcast, just to give you a quick disclaimer, this podcast is not scripted and therefore will contain potty mouth words both from Tom and I, mostly from me. So be forewarned, you have been warned. Now on to the podcast. The Pet Boy Roy Entertainment Podcast. Stage 7. 
This week is definitely a cool and unique week because we have a guest on the show, and I, I gave everybody a good amount of preparation and anticipation last week when we were talking about who we were going to have this week, and this week we have our good friend, Frank. He is the founder and owner of Narwhal Pens. And on the call is obviously my co-host, Tom the Odd Oink, and they're sitting right next to each other, and they are at the Gold Spot Pens office right now. So this is very fun and exciting. Tom, are you excited? Oh, I'm super excited. Frank is basically on my lap right now, just the way that we have things (laughs) set up here. So, (laughs) Well, listen, you got to, you know, we got to scoot in tight because of constraints with space and stuff like that. And we really go gorilla style when it comes to recording stuff, but... Yes, we run like we, the time that I recorded inside my car. Right. Like heat trap. Yes. Right. So this is going to be really fun. Frank, thanks for doing this, man. Uh, no problem at all. Uh, hello, everybody. Uh, this is Frank, and uh, it's my first time doing this. Uh, a little bit a little bit nervous, but uh, they are helping me out. Both of them. Uh, this would be fun. Yes, I it's hope. definitely going to be fun. And let me tell you right now, there is absolutely nothing to be nervous about because on this show, we just like to have fun and we do talk about pens, we talk about video games, we talk about movies, buttholes, you name it, we talk about it. So there's no holding back, no holds barred. You can talk about whatever you want. You can, it's just, we're just here to have fun. But I want to just go really quick into how I know you and then Tom will talk a little bit of how he knows you. But for me, my first... My first interaction with you was at the DC Pen Show in the year 2019. How old were you back then? I was one, uh, like 10 days from my 20th birthday. You can say 19, okay? Because that's, that's, <laughs> you're still 19, right? There's no shame in being young. As a matter of fact, I'm jealous that you're so young and so successful despite being so young. So in 2019, you were 19. No shame in saying that. And you are just starting a fountain pen company. And the pen company obviously is called Narwhal. How did we come up with that name Narwhal? Uh, that was a name I had in mind because the product I, we were going to create, I hope, because everybody knows Narwhal is a uh, whale with horn. Basically, it's a unicorn that actually exists. That was the goal for my vision of the company is to have to be the a unicorn that exists in the industry. That was the name, the meaning behind the name. But wait a minute, a narwhal is a real creature, right? Yes, narwhal okay. is a real creature which looks like a unicorn in the sea. So a unicorn, and that actually exists. Okay, so basically. So there's a there's a big difference. A unicorn does not exist, but a narwhal does exist. But the narwhal actually looks like a friggin' whale or dolphin with, with a horn. horn. Yep. Right. So you wanted basically you wanted a pen that represents a unicorn but does exist in the fountain pen industry. Yeah. Right. Special okay. enough, yes. Okay. That's cool. So you, you chose the name narwhal. The first time we saw the pens was at the 2019 DC Pen Show. You had them all in your inventory. You had it displayed at the DC Pen Show showroom. And I think that was pretty much everybody's first time seeing this pen, correct? 
That was correct. Okay. Yeah, that was the first day of we actually released the brand. Before that, like that was actually the nervous part. If even more than the recording with you guys, it was like we have no idea uh, what like like whether the market will react good or bad to the product. So we had no idea. It was a big, just like okay, we're gonna try it, see if it works. Well, right. Apparently, I would say it worked. So how long before the day of the DC Pen Show, when you first displayed these pens, how long before that was the inception? How long before did you start planning things, investing, and all this stuff? Uh, I would say we had a year of preparation from ideas down to actually making the product. So we had a year of um, most of the part was just thinking what we're going to make, what color, like try different colors. But uh, the actual making part, uh, we started probably in May 2019, then uh, we flush out like four colors in at DC Pen Show. Then uh, it's uh, actually similar, probably gonna have a follow-up question like afterwards, the new pens afterwards. It's uh, about the same timeline from an inception, from the idea down to an actual product being in the customer hand making sure everything worked. So. Mm -hmm. so essentially, when you started, when the birth of the Narwhal Pen Company started, you were essentially 18 years old because it was about a year before that, right? Yes. Okay, yes. so when you say we started, who's we? Who are the other people involved in the we? Oh, yes. Uh, so originally the team uh, was me and uh, another high school friend of mine who was even younger when you met both of us. He was a year, old, year younger than me. So uh, the, back then I was uh, in college and uh, he just graduated from high school. So the idea started actually um, in math class in high school. I was using a fountain pen, being a fountain pen user for the past, I would say seven years uh, using pens. And uh, he was a very artistic guy he loves like different colors. Uh, he likes to use different color pen. So when, when you say he's an artistic, you're saying he's artistic, not autistic. Yes. Okay. Just wanted uh, yeah, to artistic. clarify. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, he likes to uh, try different things. And uh, uh, we sit on, on the same table doing math class. And I got him into fountain pens because he think my are like back then were too ugly. And it's like, let's make a new pen. Right? <laughs> that was the whole idea. So you were using fountain pens while you were in high school? Yeah. For seven years. You were in college. And then your buddy, what's his name? I didn't catch his name. Oh, Samuel. Samuel. So you Samuel, and your yeah. buddy Samuel, you got Samuel infected with the fountain pen virus. And then he turns around and says, the shit you're using is ugly. Let's make our own pens. Okay. That was correct. Okay. So basically on the heels of graduating high school, virtually finishing high school, you guys with the love of fountain pens, having fountain pens gotten you through your high school, decide you're going to start your own company? That was correct. What is that like for two kids, essentially kids, don't be offended, you are, you are a kid, coming out of <laughs> high school to start a business? Like what kind of guidance did you have? What kind of investment ability did you have? Where did you guys start and how did you guys start just coming out of high school? 
Um, I would say between uh, Samuel and I, uh, we had a good amount of uh, trial uh, and error before we started this business. So before I we joined together, I was in more like the vintage buy and sell fountain pen and the different like semi-vintage, like semi-modern pen, pen buy and sell. That was uh, like some watches. That was my personal like little business on eBay on the side. So I got this part and uh, he even had, next time maybe we should have him on the show. He even had a like video production company in middle school and coding company. So he was a very like artistic and um, entrepreneurial. Under, entrepreneurial. Yeah. Okay, so you guys had some sort of business experience prior to starting the Narwhal brand. Him with his video production company and you with your restoration company of vintage products such as pens and watches. Yes. Oh, okay. So were you able to easily transition those previous entrepreneurial activities into Narwhal pens? And was it a risk? Was it scary because you're investing lots of money? Like, what was that like? Um, I guess this is like the entrepreneur part of us. It's like, uh, it's nervous, but it's not scary. It's a risk we think we will take because uh, we, if we, if we are successful, we could offer a much better product that is still, I think, for my company right now. We still offer a much better product than what is out there on the market. Okay. That's what we are passionate about. So we're not that, like, um, like uh, it's a risk we never think about. It's like stuff we thought about and we think it was acceptable mm-hmm. for uh, us to do. Um, sorry, I missed the second part of the question, I guess, from you. Oh, no, I was, I think the first part of the question was, what's that like for you? Like, is it scary? And actually, I don't remember Tom, what was I asking him? Because his answer is intriguing. (laughs) Uh, Or or just maybe like, what were some of like the difficulties that, you know, may have arisen that you that you didn't anticipate that that, you know, you had encountered, especially starting a, a completely new pen brand from scratch? Oh, yeah, a lot of uh, unexpected, like, hiccups in um, between uh, like as we said uh, we had a year of inception like a like development stage before we actually put out 2019 at dc show so like we had like uh, oh we pick up a color we thought this would look good and in the end uh, uh, our one of the manufacturer will come back with a different color and they insist this is the color we give you uh, there were so many instances like those things like we had to deal with uh, being I wasn't that like perfectionist, but like, being a perfectionist as Samuel, he, I think he learned on the way. It's like we have to sometimes like deal with these things. We can't like expect like and like give a, like a how do you say that? Give some like, buffer zone between like a little bit of some compromise yeah, that way. Bit, yeah, way yeah, the unexpected could sometimes be like acceptable like as long as it falls within like for example like a particular color of a of a resin may not look the same as the prototype sample but like still you could look at it and say oh it looks good i think people will still like this but it's not exactly the same that what we originally looked at yeah Mm -hmm. that sort of thing i see so 
what I find fascinating about you and your buddy Sam when it comes to the Narwhal Pen Company is, and I keep going back to this and making fun of you about it because it's true. You guys are so young. I remember being <laughs> your age, and at your age, I was barely able to get along with my best friends when it comes to Xbox and PlayStation games, and we'd beat each other up over that. Here you guys are with a substantial investment into a company, making substantial and important decisions about that have something to do with the fall and rise of your company, success and failure. How is it that you guys are able to manage success in the way that you have being that you guys are still both going to school you're both still young kids no offense and <laughs> you still have responsibilities at home right like you guys still have family that you have to like yes. if you get like what happens if you need to go to the narwhal pen company tomorrow but you fucked up the dishes and you're grounded like explain the difficulties <laughs> of being as young as you are and having a company and how is it that you're making it so successful um, I would say first part uh, respond to your like being grounded part. We had a very supportive family <laughs> who never like do this to us. Uh, like I would say from my end, it was like my father would allow me to go on. Uh, sounds a little illegal, but like go on trips with my friends, uh, middle school friends, do like like freshman of freshman year of high school would be okay. We just bunch of fresh uh, like high schoolers go to another country mm -hmm. together. So that was like a supportive um, side of my family, and uh, uh, same as uh, Samuel's family, um, and uh, and to balance out between like school and work is both are fun. So like we would put 100% of effort, even like more. When something happens, it can be a middle of the night, we have to solve some crisis, we'll do it. If we have difference, and uh, we, we, we do a lot of times, uh, we have completely different personalities, but like both of us try to uh, like accommodate each other and understand where the other uh, person come from and try to use reason instead of like oh like I'm I'm correct you know, like try to use reason to persuade each other to work together. That's the um, so the other thing about just like me um, right now my understanding of a business is not the product, it's not the market, it's the team. The boil down to a team. If I have a good team, I can do anything. I can explain a different industry which we are doing. Now, okay. Uh, I'm not gonna go <laughs> too much into detail about the other business we're doing. Is it uh, pen related? No. Okay. Is it yeah. fish related? Because I know you're into fish also. Um, <laughs> no. Okay. All right. So listen, yeah. you don't want to talk about that. That's yeah. fine. We'll grill you on that after I ask this next question. Being that you guys were in school at the same time that you were doing business, like for example, has there ever been a time where running narwhal pens? conflicted with high school or college and if so how did you balance it was school the priority or the business the priority for you uh for me i would say luckily that really didn't happen to me right uh but a, a little bit maybe it was like oh now was growing pretty good even despite the pandemic uh, covid uh, so I decided to finish my school early 
instead of dropping out of school. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that was a little, but still, it wasn't like I didn't choose one or the other. I just tried to accelerate one. Like I graduated two and a half years from college. Yeah. What about Sam? Because he, you said he is younger than you, so he, you finished school faster in yep. order to not drop out. Is he presented with the same conflict where he has to choose between running the business or dropping out of school? Um, no, but he also finished fast. Uh, we never had that problem, like per se. I would okay. say. So when uh, you say when you say finish fast, does that mean you just took on a larger class load and you did the like a four year program in a three year span of time, that kind of thing? Yes. You can understand it that way. Okay. Yes. So basically, in order to keep running a business and finish school, not only – for that's two separate things. It's very time-consuming and difficult. But you actually did more so you could finish school faster instead of drop out, and that's cool. I have a question for you, and this is hypothetical because in pe most people in your situation, a lot of times they would have to choose. Do I run the yes. business or I drop out of school? If that's the case, which which one would you have chosen? Uh, if it's a percentage choice, I would. It depends on the stage of your life. Most likely, I would choose school before the business. Like as I said, uh, my core business is the team. As long as I can hold on to the team, I can like give out the product. I can give up the fountain pen. I, we can. Oh, maybe we can come back later. We can do a different things. Mm -hmm. All I care in a business, uh, like my business, is the team. Uh, it's not the, uh, the other thing. I want my team to be very, like, including myself, to be very aware, uh, like, um, how do I say it? Like, uh, 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 they see, they will see a lot. They read a lot. They, like, meet, met a lot of people, like, it's what education is also about. It's not just the book knowledge. The book knowledge is important, but like uh, outside book knowledge, the people you met in uh, college, like us, um, we later on we took on another team member who is doing the backstage thing was my uh, later on roommate in like junior year. Mm -hmm. So like those are important. So do finish school. That's my advice if it's a hypothetical situation. Unless yeah. you're at the stage, it's like, oh, I, you think you have everything um, planned out and uh, it's an opportunity like like now or nothing, which those do happen in your life. Uh, like uh, um, like sometimes it's like, a, a, I would say it's a cheesy example, like let's say Bitcoin. It's now or nothing back then. Like you, if you bought in at $1, you would never get it at $1 anymore. Uh, so those opportunities, if you recognize it, you 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 should seize it. You should like um, get rid of the other interference in your life to seize mm -hmm. those kind of opportunity. That depends on how you evaluate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So essentially, you coming into the fountain pen world as a new fountain pen maker, you're kind of coming yes. into it in the most fresh eyes out there like for example Nino Marino is starting his Natuno brand and his Mayora brand and he's coming yeah. in with an experienced set of eyes having had Delta before him same thing with Salvatore Matrone with the Leonardo company pretty much everybody that enters the scene has 20 30 years of experience behind them you 
pretty much don't have any because of your youth. And what kind of advantages do you think that that kind of freshness has for someone in your situation? And what kind of disadvantages did you experience, if any? Um, The advantage of us, like you're giving too much credit of having a fresh eye. I'm pretty uh, conservative on my pen choice. That's all Samuel's idea. The, all the crazy stuff that's I'm giving him credit on the, <laughs> on the show. I would I would mm. do that anytime. Uh, I, just like what we did last uh, weekend. So yesterday at L.A. Pen Show, I gave all this credit to him. Um, mm. The advantage of these are we can produce. We are not restricted. The mind is not restricted after 30 years of experience. Pen should like just look like a stick with uh, maybe tapered cap, like like we are, no, not we. He is thinking way out of the box. Like that's the advantage of having these kind of like fresh mindset entering into the uh, business. Uh, however, the challenge would be we have no idea, like from all those crazy idea he come up with, we have no idea how to like implement it like we just need to figure out along the way like the nautilus right which you have or you have one you love it you have two and tom has uh, 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 the, the primary macchiato yeah. one yeah and that was uh, like a, two, a year and a half development because we had no idea how to make it happen and that wasn't even the original design the original design was even crazier than mm-hmm. what we present in the end. So that's our disadvantage of having like no idea. But gradually over the course of like let's say three years, we are picking up more and more. Okay, this, like this is possible. This is not possible. But the other um, part is uh, fresh mindset coming. Maybe we see it like to process to like the, in the technical process, we see it in a different way. Okay. Maybe like the Italian would be okay. This is how we do it. Like, is these certain things are possible, certain things are not possible. But we come in, it's like, oh, what if we make it in a different way? Like, we try to, you know, like, use the machine in a different way. And also, to tie back to the previous thing about education, we have seen maybe things in other industry or in other people how they do things in another way. So we bring in that freshman side. Okay, here maybe we can try this. Right. Yeah. So the basically you bring to the table, you feel that you bring to a table a fresh set of perspective. Perspective is fresh yes. and there's more room for innovation as a matter of fact, yes. right? So whereas older pen makers, more experienced pen makers might be restricted or set in their ways of yeah. pen making Whereas since you are not set in any ways, there's more room for creativity and innovation that might not have been considered previously. But with that, at the same time, I wonder, with all that freshness and and creativity, a large part of it has got to be failure, right? Like um, trial yes. and error. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when it comes to designing trial and error and everything like that, how discouraging is it for you when you try new things and they don't work out? Um, initially, it was very dis- like disappointing 
for us. Now we kind of have the expectation. If it doesn't work out, let's try something else. Okay. If it doesn't work out, let's try something else. Like this is what we, I think, we will learn from the business of making things instead of just like mm -hmm. um, I I was basically buy and sell. Like uh, like learn to like disappoint i guess you learn, learn to, to disappoint you or, right. or like yeah. learn learn that you do make mistakes and you learn from the mistakes basically yeah so my question to you now is being that you were new into the fountain pen industry and it came to making stuff and trial and error was there anybody that helped guide you to avoid some of the pitfalls of trial and error where you had like an idea, hey, let's make a pen out of a potato. And then you have someone else coming along and be like, listen, dude, we've tried that already. It doesn't work. Did Was there anybody like that there for you? Or was it all just you guys tripping and falling and getting back up on your own? Um, so a big part of our team was um, we joined force with a manufacturer back in China who has been in the industry uh, longer than both of us were alive. So uh, they were the like sort of guiding force, but we do challenge them a lot. Okay. They were like, okay, we but of course we don't have ideas like making a pan out of a potato or avocado <laughs> like Tom did <laughs> one time. <laughs> so he is paying attention. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but um, we did have crazy ideas they were initially they were like the old guard in the, like just like you say like Salvatore like those people they were like the old guards like oh this is not how it's done you can't do it this way you can't do it that way but like uh, we do listen and we do modify but we try to pers like like try to get our idea the, as close as like possible to the original thing without compromising too much so that that's on the I would say the technical end, but like on the business side, um, yeah, there are, there are a lot of like my father and uh, people from school for both of us, and uh, I would say and Tom, and just like oh, don't try this, don't do that because we've seen people fail in these and that, uh, yeah, which we do listen to, and uh, even we don't want to sometimes we will try to do a do the idea in a smaller scale so we can try it out see it oh, well it does it work and it doesn't work it, as, as long as it's not costing us too much we are willing to try mm -hmm. um, if it's of advice of don't do it and we still want to do it we will try to control the risk is uh, okay other people fail this way so we try to not do that and uh, we try to break out the loop sometimes people do fail in the same same way over and over again um, but we try to implement it a different way so we can. So uh, let's let's learn. talk a little bit about the original Narwhal that you debuted in the DC Pen Show of 2019. Yeah. Okay, that was an acrylic fountain pen. It was a piston filler with a stainless steel nib. How far from the original concept was the final product? Meaning, you know, you you just said that you ha come up with an idea and then you present these ideas and you try to make them work out and then you have to modify and change. Yes. How different was the final product from its initial inception? Um, not that far, actually. That okay. was the um, that was the product which was really close. Not, not much changed from the original idea because it wasn't, the, it wasn't that unique. 
uh, it's a not a good thing to say as a business owner about his, his own product, but like it's not that much unique, uh, like compared to what the stuff we're doing now. Um, but the unique um, point of like 2019 was the price point and was uh, uh, sort of the uh, reliability of uh, the, at the at that price point. Uh, so yeah, it wasn't that. Only thing that changed, I can say, was uh, uh, initially we had a transparent barrel. It was like uh, just just like a demonstrator barrel. Then we changed into a full acrylic body, and uh, just to give more color. That was actually an advice from Tom, I I believe. Back oh, then, I didn't even realize that. yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, back back then it was like an advice from uh, at least uh, Ghostbot would be, oh, this um, looks a little cheaper. You can you want to offer more value. It looks more expensive and uh, still at the same price. Mm -hmm. So that was the only change I recall. I can recall. Okay. Well, that, yeah. I remember. I remember, and this is not to give you a hard time about it, but I remember the first initial pieces I got of the Narwhal pen at that time. They had some problems with yes. one pen I had had a problem with the section coming off, which yep. would dismantle the nib unit housing. Another issue yep. I had that I saw frequently with the original pens were the piston mechanism. The piston mechanism was consistently weak to the point where the plunger would end up further up the pen at its at its completely actuated and unactuated positions. How long and how much of a pain in the ass is it to get something like that fixed after the production is already released? Um it wasn't that much effort like the first one the one we had in dc the one you 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 picked up wasn't that much because we only had like 300 units that wasn't too bad and also um we can it wasn't a so big an issue we can like walk uh, walk through people through like email phone call or whatnot to like fix the section and uh, fix the piston and that um what i can tell you like the actually the most disastrous we ever had was the second uh, like the second batch after we fixed the piston on the first batch and the plastic piston keep consistently like just break off like it, it's snapping in half for like i we don't know what reason uh so that was actually a, like a really painful we had i had a lot of people mailing the product and I fixed the product by myself and it was like probably like a hundred ish it's still coming back even today as I, I although we had one year warranty but I know I knew that, like back then and still today this is a problem this is the thing we didn't fix but as long as you have anything like that I would fix it for you I'll just replace a new pen for free Okay. Even that was like, yeah, out of warranty, but I would take responsibility as uh, like business. It's, this is my product. I stand by it. And uh, I, it's, I know, knowing it's my fault, uh, like, uh, it's not my, and like, knowing not my fault is like, knowing it's a problem out there will cause people uh, problems. Uh, we will try to fix it. Okay. So basically, yeah. you're offering recourse for anybody who bought a pen irrespective of when it could have been a year two years 
the very first one that came out. Even though it's only a year warranty, you are still warranting these pens. If someone today has a problem with their original Narwhal, they can send it to you and you'll replace it for free. Yes. Okay. So that sounds like business integrity, which, yeah. you know, is a very good thing, especially being a newer brand. So kudos to you for that. So what have you learned from the iterative changes and faults of the original narwhal pen that you applied to the new nautilus corridora and what you know you got like 12 names for like yeah. a single pen the new nautilus yeah. line <laughs> what have you learned from the original narwhal that has benefited the narwhal the narwhal nautilus and can people have more confidence in the nautilus if they had shattered confidence with the original narwhal pen um so for uh, what we have learned of obviously that piston issue, we switched the metal piston, uh, I'm sorry, plastic piston to a metal piston, uh, which, which is can solve the issue completely. No, nothing will come back anymore. And uh, that issue was gone. Uh, so that is a new thing we apply in the, every single pen, not just not this afterwards. Uh, cost us more, uh, we still keep the same price, but like this is the, what we need to do to make sure product works every single time. That's what we learned on that end. Um, on the other end, also the um, section issue we learned at DC was we were too idealistic about the product. Uh, we had a product at DC being you can uh, disassemble it completely, so we did not like uh, glue that section or like make that one just one piece. We want to make sure people can just watch every single corner of their pen. So now we learn it can be an issue. So that now I do not list. It's a, uh, it's a uh, like one. It, it no longer, it's no longer like two piece on the pen. It's not the section and the barrel. It's just one piece section paper paper. I'm sorry, barrel taped down to the section. One piece. No more the like the disassembly issue there. Uh, that's a, f a few things we learned. Also on like on the not list and. Uh, being released three months, we have learned a few new things about. Oh, here, here's an here can be an issue. There can be an issue. We're trying to address it. Um, as more issues come up, uh, this product will be more mature as we go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I do notice you use names like Corridora, Bronze Corridora, and stuff like that. So. And what I find very interesting is I'm a newer fish keeper. You also are a fish keeper, right? Yes. How much of your fish keeping do you put into your, into your I'm sorry. pen making? I'm sorry. I got to laugh for, for two things right now because like, I, I just want to be like, I, I'm going to go take a break while you guys talk fish. But at the same time that, that you were just going into that. Right. I got to take a I leak. Just saw you saw oh, I what? just I just saw I just saw Garfield yeah. just like stretch up with the paw and just like go and like get your arm there, and that's what just cracked me up. I just saw like the cat paw just come up out of nowhere. This is Garfield. Mm, he's my cute baby boy. I'm gonna go take a leak. So Tom, you uh, hang out there for two seconds. You guys can read a McDonald's sponsorship or something. <laughs> Oh, that's uh, uh, it's this is the this is the period of the of the podcast where Roy decides to go to the bathroom and then still is on. Are you still on the call, Roy? 
No, I, okay, because so, so I can't hear him because he's coming through the the iMac for me, but like but like Frank could hear him, so you can't distract me now, Roy. Um, but I could I could just briefly talk about uh, Frank was uh, going to uh, Frank went to the LA Pen Show this weekend, so I just want to get make some perspective on that because I didn't get to go. So, um, so LA Pen Show being the I would say the oldest show older than I am, of course, uh, in the in, on the state side, um, it was a good show according to the people. Uh, the old guard in the industry mm-hmm. but it hasn't been a good show for the last five se- to seven years just because um, the way they do the mission uh, they sell the ticket mm-hmm. and uh, also the way the the lack of advertisement on their end uh, so that's being uh, I would say I wasn't I was expecting that but like uh, I was uh, friends with a lot of vintage people and also other brands and other shops like um, uh, like the, the the other retailers mm-hmm. um, they were really unhappy about it um, like so that wasn't a very so it's like good when when you get attendance like that it tends not to be skewing more towards like the newer generation of like pen collectors it tends to be more of like the the people who have been coming to the LA Pen Show for the past, the past years. yeah, several decades. So yes, so what we have in mind is uh, I don't know how much Roy missed out. Uh, what we have in mind is we were talking about the LA Pen Show. Oh no, I could hear everything you were talking about oh, the whole okay. time. Yeah. Uh, so what we have in mind is next year. Narwhal wants to do something by ourselves. What do you well, mean, Narwhal? Yeah. What do you mean? New- like new LA pen show. Okay, so basically, yeah, you want to have your own pen show. Not my own pen show, but like at least we try to persuade the current organizer. I want so change the way you do it. Let other people run your advertisement. People need to know you're still there. Mm-hmm. It can't be like you know, like DC has changed. Like a lot of show has changed. In, in mm-hmm. the, from the past, from the like, uh, my first show was like, oh, check only, like, it's like who use check these days? You got to <laughs> let people pay online, right? That, that's the most basic things. Like, you need to change, like, to like evolve, like, to survive, I guess. Yeah, Tom, like, have ways of people being able to like sign up for a table and then see where their table is, like, on a map, on like a website, mm-hmm. and then like be able to promote things like on social media and. and I think one of the more successful shows to do that is probably San Francisco, right? Yeah, like I was gonna yeah. give Ricky uh, like a lot of like credit for organizing a great show, like probably the best show um, all year round in the U.S. of like having transparency, not leaning towards one retailer or the other, like uh, Alan South, and he has actually no sponsorship. That's what I know, so. Um, and so that's uh, actually a very good show to go to if anyone's from Bay Area or even I think it's a show worth five to um, on the like uh, if the tickets show. are cheap if the tickets are yeah. cheap yeah mm-hmm. I see so what kind of what kind of ideas are you going to try to present to the people of the LA Pen Show uh, you uh, so you, the- you you said so allow people to pay online allow people yes. to advertise and yes. stuff like that right um 
a very important part is let people in, make more public days. Mm -hmm. uh, so right now it's only Sunday's public day. Like okay. for all of us travel from far to go to the Pancho as uh, uh, like vendors, uh, we, we need to go home. Like you can't, like Sunday is the day, like try to clean up and go home. And uh, he, uh, the organizer lets like the um, uh, public crowd in on Sunday only, which caused a problem uh, of oh, too many people on Sunday. Uh, a lot of like theft happened. Uh, well, I my, heard about that yeah, too. Yeah, one of my really good friend, uh, in from Dallas, he got his full table stolen. This oh time. my gosh! Wow, that was I would say a house. So <laughs> yeah. let me let me ask you something, and yeah. this is a a question that you know it's kind of hard to ask because I don't want you to feel bad, but you have valid points, yeah. right? And there have been people who've made critical statements concerning shows that were not optimal in the past and nothing has ever been done. What do you feel that you, someone who is so young with less time than anybody else or any other pen maker in the industry can do to cause a change that hasn't already been attempted? Um, I guess we are not that stubborn. Like one thing I noticed for every single pen show is like security always show up after I'm sorry. something happens. I'm sorry. You said I'm, you're yeah. not that stubborn or you are stubborn? I'm not that stubborn. Like okay. if you like propose some change, I will do it. And also I learned from like the past. Like I was saying the security thing. The security people always show up after someone lost something. Right. It's been every single show I go to. This is not that hard. It doesn't. I also, I also heard too. Was it is it true that that there were pens stolen like during setup too? Yes, there were. Right. Yes. Like so. So like it's not even necessarily when the show is going on, but like it's also from from start to finish the moment that somebody starts to bring items that are valuable into the venue. Like there needs to be security present like yeah. the entire time or or like video cameras i think somebody was mentioning yeah. um on on one of the groups that i belong to they're saying like you know we really, really need to have this so that we could be able to catch these people in the act because it's 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 not these aren't just like collectors that are that are kind of like demoral demoralized collectors or 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 immoral collectors um these are people who are who who are basically doing this like in a in a concentrated effort like they're they like they know when the pens are going to be available when it's going to be a good time to get at them like these are these are trained not not necessarily trained professionals but these are these are people who are looking to do some serious damage so so, so basically it's it's a very targeted it's a very targeted and focused theft where it's not like yeah. someone's walking into CVS and stealing toothpaste this is a very targeted theft where someone knows exactly what, where, and how to steal something of high value. Yeah. And they're not—they're not going. So they're not—they're not just picking up like, you know, a, a shiny pen that they saw on the table, and it's like, oh, well, they didn't notice I walked away with it. I'm just going to walk away with it. It's not a crime of convenience. It's more like they—they they are taking binders of pens that, like Frank was saying, it's worth somebody's home. You know. Right. So so this isn't this isn't like oh, just a 
you know, one onesie, twosie theft. This is like somebody looking to clean house. This is this is fucking Ocean's Eleven of fucking pen thieves, right? <laughs> yeah. Like that every single time because a binder could be hundreds of thousands of dollars in pens, and mm -hmm. it's it's very damaging. But we were just talking about this a few weeks ago with uh, you know about Bryce and luxury yeah, brands, luxury brands at the Philadelphia show. Now we're talking about this with the LA show. So it's yeah, it's gonna come down to where like. If the show organizers don't do something about it, the retailers, the vendors that go there are not going to feel safe with bringing the stuff that is making the show a show. Right. Which are the pens. Right. Yeah. And the, the fact of you can just handle the pen by yourself, that's the that's the fun point of the show. If it's a, oh, we have lock case and you have to ask like to open it, that lost the purpose of you can't just go to Mont Blanc Boutique on Madison Avenue to right. get that experience. Right. Yeah. So going back to my original question, what is it that you think you can do to convince these people who are running the show to make a change that'll benefit the future of the shows? What is it that you think you can do? And how much of a voice do you think you'll have being as young and new in the industry as you are? I have so much backing to push me to the show at this point. We might say that again. You I, have so much. I have so much backing from vendors, friends at the show. Okay. Like I feel obligated to make a change. Just gather everybody's opinion. Be that person. Like mm -hmm. I had, I I was just at the show. I was just like, oh, like talking to uh, different people. It's like, how's your show? They're like, not good. And and um, there's start we start floating this idea what what if we can change something we can do a different venue or something then Saturday night people start coming to me just like how can I help you we will volunteer to make it happen okay so I now I feel a little obligated to at least change something at the current mm. show uh, like to, uh, like alter alternatively another place mm -hmm. which i really don't want like like no no i don't have that that much time but like it is for the community it is important okay it so is what people want in yeah. essence what you're saying is you feel more empowered to do something because you have the support of vendor other vendors and other retailers etc and yeah. in some way you've kind of become or you personally feel you've become something of a delegate to represent them and you're yes. gonna, you want to act on their behalf for the benefit of the pen community. I feel like that's that's yes. a, that's very that's yes. very, very noble. I, I think that can be appreciated by many people. I think that's fantastic. What about the future of Narwhal? I'm changing subjects here. Yeah. You and Sam are dealing with everything on your own, right? So when it comes, no, not really. Okay, who's people? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have employees. Yeah. I'm saying like you have a company. Yeah. But you and Sam are in charge of the company. You guys are dealing with everything. You're in charge of everything, including yes. distribution. Yes. Okay. How are you handling distribution? There are so many pen brands out there that they focus so much on the making of pens that they don't even want to think about distribution. And they have companies like luxury brands or Kenro Industries or Yaffa brands dealing with distribution. Mm -hmm. What is it like for you guys? Do you feel you need help with distribution, or are you guys okay on your own? Uh, we do need help distribution in, uh, I would say, this is how I think about it. That's how we think about it. So we need the help of distribution in the countries that we don't speak that language. 
that that's the that's what we need to do. But uh, however, we do the most important part of being a brand is to maintain the same brand image every single place. We don't unless we have a specific strategy to target a specific region. But like a, a distribution in our mind, it's not just oh I ship the product to you, you ship the product to other people. The distribution is to help us if anyone out there is listening about thinking about doing distribution for us. Thank you very much. But we would have this in mind. Is like this is a like not just like a A cell to B, B cell to C um, perspective. It's like we as a company and the distributor, we need to work together on presenting a united front of our. Uh, suggest to other playmakers a united front of your brand. It's not, oh, okay, they can open a market and they like destroyed your brand image, which even it happened to Mont Blanc in the past. So that's what we need to be care very be, very careful of doing from this point and onwards. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned you mentioned Mont Blanc, so they're doing fine. Right, so Mont Blanc yes. and Narwhal are very different companies, and they're di very different places in the evolution of of the brands. What do you think would be the biggest positive and biggest negative of working with a distribution company? Uh, biggest positive is, of course, I can see the revenue going up just like that because they have connections, they have. Or existing shops in the region, they can just oh, this is a new brand we're taking on. Tell the rest of your retailers, hey, this is what's going on, and uh, we, uh, as a, like a, their partnership being maybe over like let's say Ghostbot and Luxury Brand Partnership being over like twenty years, and uh, you will trust what they choose. Like retailer will trust the product distributors select for them, uh, like the brands. So that's the advantage. Disadvantage is uh, giving that to somebody, like that kind of lose a little bit of control, which I I talk about in the Mont Blanc case was like they like they lost control, uh, for uh between I would say twenty ten to uh, up to twenty seventeen they lost a lot of their price control, uh they lost a lot of their like where our product being shipped. Uh, like it would, maybe we we'll ship one location and it end up being another place, which we are not allocating those products to that market. So that's the big disadvantage of like having um, distributor. Those things might happen. I'm not implying anybody, but those things might happen. Just could like, yeah. Like, yeah. Are like are you caution? Yes. Are you planning to move towards the distribution side of? The business in, in terms of using distributors or are you going to just stay with yourselves for now uh as much as we can we would try to stay as just what we are right now uh for any distributor we we do have some in like korea we have uh in middle east we have those because it's just a, such a high barrier we can't like overcome them. I'm not gonna learn how to speak Korean right. overnight. Right. Like I don't know, how, Roy. You might understand how difficult that is. Yeah. So that's 
something we would do because we do want other people in different part of market to see our product to have right to as, uh, as accessible. So, yeah. So you are you are open to the idea now. I have a question. When it came to introducing brands to retailers like Gold Spot Pens or other retailers that you're working with, how difficult was it to get your foot in the door being a new brand, new pen maker, and all this stuff? How did you convince them? What was the process like for you? Um, every different company had a different way. It's just my side of the business, not the Samuel side of the business. Well. His side is make a convinced like good in the product. Well, product will speak for itself. For example, the Nautilus. After we launched that product, I'm just sitting here getting emails. Hey, can we be your retailer? Can we be your retailer? Can we be your retailer? Can I get that pen? That's 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 the that side. But the other side of uh, like all, uh, when we when we just starting, we I had difficulties to. Convince retailers. Um, it depends on who we talk about. I don't want to name names here, but like uh, different retailers has their different ways. I need to recognize. Oh, are you a brick and mortar? Are you uh, mainly online? Like these kind of thing. When we ask, like let's say, uh, like in the in the past, Bitner, but now it's called the pleasure writing. Uh, they had requests of like, oh, maybe you need to change the box because they just start doing the 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 gift the pen gift box. They just start doing ship shipping like online orders, like these kind of things. We listen to, so they will work with us. That's right. how we get the, the yeah, the foot in the door, as you said. Yeah. I see. So, so you you had to be more flexible than, I guess. Yes. Than- than you expected in order to get your foot in the door with different retailers and everything like that. And, well, and also from a, a retailer's point of view too, is uh, is when it comes to new products that are out in the market, um, you know, especially things that are a little bit untested or new, is that some of them just have to be like early adopters and just say, hey, you know what, this, this is worthwhile taking a chance on it. And seeing like Nar- seeing Frank and Sam go with Narwhal to, you know, you see, you see them as visible as they are at the DC Pen Show, which is the Pen Show of Pen Shows during the entire year, and you see them bringing their their products out there to, and then successfully selling them directly to the end user, who then also have their own uh, feedback about the products and the fact that they were so popularly taken at that point. That starts to indicate, it's like, okay, well, this is worth, you know, giving a little spot to opening it up to our to our customers who then also like like frank was saying with the distributors is that the advantages of the retailers is that you have well you have retail you have a customer base and those customers trust you with like well this is going to be a a good product that they sell because they trust it and it's on their website so it's you know, it's it's like it's like when you get to that point and you just say like, okay, well, I'll put this in front of my customers because I think this will do well, and you know, and you just have to set it up at cer- a certain point to say, hey, you know, this, I'm going to take a chance on this, and mm-hmm. I, I think that's at this point though with the Nautilus and the anniversary pens and and the subsequent releases that have been introduced since let's say since like 2020, um, you know, I I really feel like Narwhal has become big enough where you have people now knocking on narwhal stores and saying like oh well now it's starting to expand outward from that initial 
you know, first adopters, the early adopters that were out in the market. And now it's starting to become bigger than that. that that's a very good point. And I'm wondering, Frank, what who was the first retailer that really you got your foot in the door? Was it Goldspot? Uh, it was Goldspot and uh, uh, Vernes. Vernes at the same time. Okay, so I always yeah. found I always found and you know I always found Tom because Tom always likes to invest in independent new makers, right? Sometimes successful, yes. sometimes not successful. And I wonder, Tom, from your perspective, knowing as little as you did about Frank and Narwhal at the time before you decided to pull the trigger on investing in the brand. What was your expectation versus what is versus how it is now? Like, did the expectation meet get meted? Meted? Does that make sense? Has the expectation been met? met? Yeah. How was it met, or did it exceed based on where Narwhal? I think it is exceeded now? expectations, and it continue. I feel like it continues to, and. Um, and what really what I kind of felt with it, because we because Goldspot was originally one of the first Twisby retailers too. This was like way back in the day when they were when they had introduced the 530 and the 530 for many, many months, if not over years or so, was being splashed and, and introduced on Fountain Pen Network. And, you know, people were talking about it. Philip was getting feedback from the community and the, it was just about to being introduced. They introduced a small batch, and then it was starting to open up to retailers. And I, knowing so much buzz about it, and just seeing like the, the, the constant iterations of it, was like one. Of the, and that's what it kind of felt like to me. This was like a moment where it was like, I think that this is going to be something that will definitely hit with people because of its price point, the quality, the the uniqueness of it and and the the vision of the people running the company too and uh and that's and certainly i felt like continues to exceed expectations that's excellent that must be great for you to hear right yes definitely <laughs> uh it just uh um i know in the past now tom and i sometimes sometimes talk about it in the past we wrote our product he would be like and like really this thing and uh then then the market reacts in a different let's say that asthma bronze pen that was probably the most like like that's what i can recall like it being uh, like like out there as far as the design was concerned uh, i I missed it which pen what pen are we talking about the the school kill asked for bronze and seeing like those colors I was just like ooh this 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 is not probably not going to do that well <laughs> yeah it right. just being the most popular standard like non limited edition pen we have uh, since we released that one and a half years ago it's still going strong people still want that pen that's just that and then after that I just trust. That, that's what I called Samuel's magic. Whatever he says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Okay, before we sign off, there's two orders of business that we need to discuss. I want to talk to you about your marketing strategy. And then okay. and then after that, we did a giveaway on a Narwhal Bronze Corridor last week, and I want to announce the winner with Tom, and you'll be present for that. Okay. But going back to what I was going to ask you about when it comes to marketing strategy, I noticed that as a brand, you guys have become very successful. And uh, Frank, can you do me a favor? Like you're fiddling around with that in your left hand and it's, oh. it's causing a lot of noise. So yeah. if you could just, thanks. So I noticed that you as a brand, you've become very successful with Narwhal. And I don't feel like 
or from what I've seen from social media and all that stuff, I don't feel like there's a lot of effort put into advertising or marketing. Is that because you have relationships with retailers like Tom and Van Ness and Penn Chalet? I don't know if you have a relationship with them, but mm. do you leave the marketing up to them? Do you, or is there more that you're going to do or do you feel like you've done enough do you feel like you could do more when it comes to marketing? And how much do you want to put into marketing of your own brand and not leave to just retailers like Tom and Van Ness and whatnot? Um, it's uh, it's a working it's a working relationship between the brand and the retailers. Of course, we do our own marketing a little bit. We always have a good a big plan. We even had uh, like a supposedly for these uh, new not Nautilus like Apple like release so we bought everything I'm sorry a new yeah. Nautilus what release Apple Apple level like release you like you know Steve Jobs walking to a video, oh, like, oh okay uh, yes yeah, stuff, stuff like that we had the equipment being Sam had the background video production but like now we are a little scared of doing advertisement because we just simply do not have the product mm -hmm. to sell. So that's why we kind of scale back a lot of the plans to be just, okay, as long as um, the product moving and put product moving faster than we imagined of every single time, uh, we just do kind of not that much like advertisement even like uh sending pens to like um like say fig boot or like uh, uh sb brown it just i don't have the pieces to give you guys i'm sorry mm -hmm. okay so it's <laughs> like, not like so yeah. it's not that you don't have time for it or it's not that you don't feel it's necessary you're literally producing as many pens as you possibly can they sell out so quickly that it almost feels like a moot point to invest in advertising when you don't have the product available yeah i yeah i can't let people see and they come by it's just not a good business it i know it's at a certain level it's a good marketing strategy but at the, most of the time, you can't let people see, and the six months later, products come back in. So it basically, already, yeah. it, it can be very frustrating, not just in this industry, myself included. For example, I can't get a PlayStation 5. I can't get an yeah. Xbox Series X. I had to settle with the Xbox Series S, which only outputs at 1440, which leads <laughs> into the giveaway. So basically, last week, when we were talking about this issue that I have with the Xbox Series S, I asked anybody and everybody to write in to the Pentertainment Podcast at gmail.com and give me their explanation as to why this Xbox Series S is considered next generation even though it outputs at a lower resolution than the Xbox One X, the previous generation, and the PlayStation 4 Pro. And we got some responses, and from those responses, as promised, I'm going to give away give away a bronze Corridora. I got to start over. I'm going to give away a Narwhal, Nautilus, bronze Corridora, piston filler, fountain pen. Hey, Frank, since I have you here, is it possible just to add a few more names to the name of this fucking pen? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, uh, yes. Okay. Uh, it's uh, Evernight fountain pen. Okay. <laughs> features... I 
<laughs> features a unique proprietary ink window, which is a portal. Uh -huh. Most listener already knows. Yeah. Mm -hmm. can, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, Tom, can you look at the email? Out of the emails we got, there's one where I think it's hilarious. It's from, from a friend of the podcast, a fan of the podcast from Naya. And it says, so I don't want to be gross, but I did some research and I'm watching the image of the reason Xbox is the next gen in this email. Sorry in advance, but hey, you talked about eyeballs and dead fish regards. And he sent the picture. What am I looking at? I don't know. I have it up. It looks like a replica of a Nintendo GameCube remote control, and it's made out of, it's like cast out of something. And I don't know what that something is, but it looks brown. Candy. I don't know. It's it weird. Doesn't, it doesn't, it looks like, it looks weird. I don't, I don't quite know what that could be. It's almost as if it's like you froze like coffee or like cola and ice cubes together it kind of has that <laughs> sort of look about it or yeah. it could be like fecal matter i don't know like it could be that i don't know mm. so uh you know that that's kind of weird <laughs> right I don't, I don't know exactly what's going on there but that's what uh, it looks like to me it might be a new chem material we'll see <laughs> <laughs> right so all righty so I you know I, I I hate picking winners because I I just I don't have enough pens pens to give everybody who replied a pen. Mm -hmm. You're gonna pick a winner. Just I guess yeah. I don't I don't know who. I guess I'll have to just go with the one that did in fact disturb me the most and go with this Naya or Alex Alex's email. I'm gonna have to pick him. Because he's going to have to respond and email us, what the fuck is that you're showing me a picture of? <laughs> right? I'm going to choose that. And I want you to re reach out to us if you're listening to tell us what the fuck are you holding? What is this that you're holding? What, did, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. What is this? And on top of that, I need your pedigree information so I can send you a Narwhal Nautilus Bronze Cory Dora Ebonite Piston Filler Fountain Pen. This pen actually is from Goldspot. So Goldspot is sponsoring this. They sent this to me a while ago with the permission of Frank or something. However you two dudes figured it out, I ended up with it. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. So, yeah. So thanks congratulations for... Congratulations with Al the Poo controller or whatever. Yeah, Alex, that, whatever the that, fuck that yeah. is, congratulations. You need to know what that is. Yeah, you need to explain to us more and give me your address and reach out to us so we know what the hell it is. But I also want to thank... Uh, other few emails ones from well, I, I did I, I did want to mention uh, Darby <clears throat> uh, who actually wrote into us uh, back in late January and actually uh, Darby's email was the kind of the catalyst of, of Frank being on the show because uh, he he wanted to um, get some more information about uh, the narwhal because like apparently Darby is like the number one narwhal fan in Australia so and and is trying to keep up with all the information from the company so uh, darby reached out and asked a few questions at the pentertainment podcast email account uh, of which then i forwarded that to frank i was like frank what could we talk about on the podcast he was like i could come and talk about this i could come and talk on the podcast i was like okay well there we go 
Um, so so uh, kudos to to Darby for uh, sending in uh, the email. And actually, because I just wanted to quickly address just a couple of things, if that's okay mm-hmm. with you, Frank, just to, just to answer Darby's questions. But um, wanted to know if there was anything in the pipeline in terms of like the gold nibs, like entry level style, like narwhal gold nibs. Uh, yes, probably you will see that in April or May, something like that. Uh, do you have two different project uh, line up for that? And uh, one of being one of them would be uh, some sort of um, gold nib on the Nautilus. And I believe Darby, uh, your friend came back came by my table at LA Pencil and make me a recorded video saying hi to you. <laughs> and if that's actually you, uh, email me, uh, email us at uh, info at nowapens.com and uh, let me try to set you up with something special. Uh, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. But he also, he also mentioned too something about uh, flex nibs possibly too. Or is that is that just kind of uh, a rumor uh, that's more like a rumor okay <laughs> <laughs> okay so there is yeah, not going to be flex nibs in the narwhal pens coming in anytime soon uh, i can't say anything because i don't have a confidence in, in 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 like making it anytime soon okay so you don't have a, a full confidence in doing it anytime soon fair enough yeah. fair enough okay Tom, I noticed you were writing a lot throughout the episode. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about that we didn't touch on? I was just keeping – I keep notes so that I can actually write the description mm-hmm. uh, for the for the, the podcast notes, you know, with that little paragraph that kind of comes before the, the sponsorship material and things mm-hmm. like that. So that's what gotcha. I, okay, I try cool. keeping track of. Well, you know, Frank, before we sign off, is there anything that you want to mention? You want to plug Narwhal Pens, talk about it to my listeners or anything like that? Anything uh, you want to say? I think we kind of did that quite extensively. <laughs> yeah, the whole – beside the whole episode, like wh- where can yeah. we – where can somebody – where can somebody look at pens other than Goldspot Pens? Is there a Narwhal website that they can look at? Instagram? Uh, give yes. us Give us some information. Uh, yes, so uh, we regularly post on Instagram, which uh, our handle is uh, NowPens. Uh, that's just uh, put in the search tab, we will show up. That's uh, the best venue you can you can get the most up to date information. Also, we are working on a new newsletter, um, like kind of like a bi bi weekly newsletter. I would say two newsletter per week. Uh, two, uh, two, not two newsletters per week. It's like uh, two newsletters per month. Uh, so keep people up to date about okay what's happening and uh, especially okay wh- uh what's the like where can you get our pens especially if you don't live in the U S in like uh, other countries and we will ca- keep like a roster of okay w- these are the countries these what Samuel's working on new website you which you can just type in your address. And they will find the closest retailer to you. That's okay. the, that's what we're we, we're working on. That we you will see that very soon. Uh, our website is nowapens.com, and uh, just keep and uh, also email is nowapens.com as well. 
uh, you can keep in touch, uh, email us, it would be probably me or someone, uh, uh, Samuel responding the email um, to any any questions, any any concerns, any like, uh, as I said before, any product in the past, uh, if you had any problem, just let us know. We will see what we can do. That's our commitment to our product. Okay, great. What was the email address again? Because I think you just said narwhalpens.com. Oh. Yes. Uh, so either it's uh, info at nowapens.com okay. or service at nowapens.com all goes to the same inbox. Okay. Uh, yeah. Can they also use direct messaging on Instagram since you have an Instagram account if they wanted to or do you prefer email? Uh, we have so many messages on Instagram DMs. If you do that, uh, the response, our uh, team, the response will be, please email us at info at nowapens.com. So okay. that's, uh, yeah, we lost track uh, on like DM a lot. So we just rather do emails that would be easier for us to. Because yeah, a legit service request for a broken pen could be like in between messages of people just sending like fire emojis and heart eye emojis so right I, right I, I get yeah. that from 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 a perspective of someone who runs like an instagram account it's just like it just yeah it's a, it's a lot easier if you need to reach out with a serious request is, okay. is via email okay sure. that sounds good listen again frank thanks for coming on the show thanks for doing this i had a great time talking to you and it was yeah, thanks frank it was excellent getting no additional insight into your your company and brand and i think a lot of people will benefit from it too when it comes to purchasing narwhal pens because a lot of times with a brand people just see things at face value and they think of a company as an entity that doesn't have a person behind it it's nice to know that there's someone behind it and someone who is actually a fountain pen enthusiast someone who's fresh in the industry so we do appreciate narwhal pens i myself like narwhal pens I, I think you could shorten the names from like 50,000 fucking words to like maybe two <laughs> or three. Fish, but they're fish-themed names, so you have yeah. to appreciate that. Oh, yeah. by the way, for everybody listening, if you don't know, I brought a 29-gallon fish tank to Goldspot when we announced the Mozart Retro 51, and Frank is actually the recipient of said tank. And now he has – what do you got in that tank now? I have around 200 fish. Uh, I bought a pair of uh, fairy cichlids, and uh, they breed. I have so many fish. If anyone live, live nearby New Jersey, Pennsylvania, New York, free delivery, I will deliver some fish to you if you're a fish keeper. You have 200 fish in a 29-gallon tank? The little ones. They, yeah. just, they multiplied. You yeah. might have overstocked that 29-gallon tank. Might I know. Have. They just keep breeding, you know. Right. <laughs> Fucking fish fuckers. <laughs> They're making making baby fish left and right. It's great. Well, anyway, listen, Frank, this week's episode is very special. I'm glad to have you on the show, and I'm honored that you would come on your very first podcast on our show to have your podcast cherry popped. It was an excellent time. I hope we can do this again, and I'm sure you will because you're close to Tom. And Tom, yeah. thanks for setting this whole thing up, and to everybody listening – Thanks for listening. Love you guys. Be well. Be safe. Stay inky.